0: Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner Executive Conversations. Today we're going to be talking with Johanna, who is the CEO and founder of Engaged Talent in Charleston, South Carolina. Joe, how are you this morning? Fantastic, John. How is the West Coast? Oh, it's, you know, it's gray because the sun isn't up just yet. But this time of year, it starts to get grayer here. And and then for the summer, we're socked in underneath fog. So I'm going to be jealous, even though I hear you have some rain there in Charleston right now. Yeah, absolutely. But I tell you what, that weather makes for
1: some good wine, hopefully. Yes, it does. Yes, it does.
0: So why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to
1: the audience? Uh, thanks Sant and thank you again for for having me today uh, I was trying to remember the last time we did this and it was uh, almost two years ago now maybe a year and a half or so uh, and we were at the time uh, just launching uh, the Engage town platform and uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting the discussion that we had you uh, I recall that you you uh, challenged few of our assumptions and uh, potential outcomes, and and some of your predictions came true. Some of them we we proved wrong, but we're here. (laughs) So um, my own background, I've been uh, around the software industry, uh, technology industry in general, for about 25 years, quarter century. Uh, Most of it spent around enterprise applications, uh, whether it's ERP, CRM, or HCM solutions, some with big Fortune are 500 companies, and uh, the majority of it uh, helping businesses um, getting built and figuring out what to do with technologies like those. The um, about five years ago or so, I had the good fortune of getting associated with, com- with companies that are working on um, leading edge predictive analytics, machine learning, uh, kind of everything that we loosely uh, call AI now. Um, And uh, four years ago or so, I started working on this project which the original idea was, how can we use some of these techniques to solve the skills gap. That's what we, uh, we started to work on uh, initially. Uh, and uh, over um, a couple of pivots and lots of learning, uh, we, we are where we are now with Engage, which is uh, focused on using AI to uh, help recruiters find people to go after.
0: So tell me exactly what Engage
1: Talent does. So there is. Uh, it, it's interesting. So we, we we are a data and science company at the core of what we do. Uh, that's what we. That's how we think. That's who we are. That's where we spend our money. Um, and then we have uh, an application of our data and our science that's currently in the recruitment space. And, and interesting to uh, abstract the difference between these two sometimes. But our our science is focused on looking at people. Looking at the roles that they are holding today, looking at the companies that they are part of, or divisions and companies, and looking at the very dynamic market that they are part of, and taking all those very fast moving, fast changing variables and identifying if they are well aligned to where they are today or not. That's at the core of, of Engage, that's what we do. Um, and that, uh, you know, one. One way to think about this is um, if a recruiting process went well, uh, you did your due diligence about the candidate, the candidate did did their due diligence about the company and about the role, day one on the job, you should have close to perfect alignment. Um, Again, if the due diligence and recruiting process went well, but very quickly, the personal circumstances changes, the professional ambitions changes, um, the company is changing, the industry is changing, the regional factors are changing, the, the macroeconomic indicators and and, uh, and effects are changing. And that perfect alignment that you have in day one starts to diverge. Um, and good companies, smart professionals identify that diversions of alignment and every now and then they realign, whether it's a new role, whether it's a new job description, whether it's a, a little assignment or project to go work on or a, a complete, um, you know, redefinition of what the person does within a company. What we do, what our quote unquote AI does is identify the points where this alignment is um, have diverged the most. And once we identify that, that current application of of the technology is we alert recruiters who may be looking for professionals like this person uh, to go and um, approach the person about potential new opportunities that would be better aligned for.
0: That's interesting. So part of what you're saying is that people have a measurable desire to have alignment between themselves and their job and that as that alignment varies, they become more open to change, that, that, that what makes people open to change is some sort of gap between where they are and where the company is, and, and that you can measure that using almost exclusively external factors to build your analytics. Is that, is that the story? That That is, yes, that is
1: accurate. Um, you know, we um, on our team, um, a lot of experts in uh, voluntary turnover and people who have been studying churn for, for a good part of 30, 40 years here. Um, and there is a misconception uh, in the industry in general that people leave jobs when they are dissatisfied. Um, and what you know those experts were able to prove by following professionals for years, uh, and professions in different in different uh, categories of roles as well as uh, locations. Um, the uh, people would stay in jobs, although they are dissatisfied and their productivity is is lower than optimal, for a lot longer than any of us would like to see our people stay in jobs uh, where they are not productive. And typically, it takes uh, what we call a shock or a trigger uh, or an event to happen to make someone... uh, Eventually, take action about the fact that they are misaligned or that they are not satisfied where they are. Uh, that can be personal event, it uh, can be a professional event, like um, uh, or education event, like acquiring a new degree or uh, finishing a, prof- uh, a certification, for example, or it can be something happening with the company or the industry where they are. Uh, and those are some of the things that we look at as we identify the, uh, that misalignment as well as the time to go. After those professionals who may may be misaligned.
0: So, do you make generic models of this, or do you make company-specific models or individual-specific models? Tell, tell me about how the how how the process works, so that you get a clear view of people who might be interesting to talk to.
1: Fantastic question um, and there are you know hundreds of data points obviously as you can imagine that go into models like this but we when we present it to the to the world we present it on three levels one is at, as, as an industry as a whole uh, second is at a company level uh, and the third is at an individual level uh, and what goes into each one of those models is is obviously different, but there is a relationship between between the three um, just to give you some know, interesting examples of how, how this gets applied or how it actually works. Uh, at the industry level today, we're using the, the data that we've been studying for, for years now. The, we're able to predict the industry quit rates, which the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, publishes every month. We're able to predict them with a 70 to 80% accuracy, 90 days in advance. Uh, so I can tell you exactly Today, uh, what the BLS or very close to what the BLS is going to say, uh, the churn rate was in a specific industry three months from today. Um, at a company level, we we call it the talent retention risk. What's what's the risk that this company is going to lose talent in in the next key talent in the next ninety to hundred twenty days, uh, and uh, um, The correlation between that and the actual churn, uh, we have shown to be close to 63% from what we're able to show with our models. Um, And then you take it down at the individual level. And again, we've shown one study after the other that uh, people that our models identify as likely to be misaligned um, have engaged with recruiters and our, our users who are targeting them at a rate that's about double that other people who we said are likely satisfied and aligned where they are
0: today. This is really interesting. You must discover a lot of facets of this problem that, that are not common knowledge. Um, so it must be like working in a, an insight mind. Uh, how, do, how do you keep track of what's important and what's not important in the insight mind? Oh, it's uh, it's fascinating,
1: and, and you know what is really satisfying about what we're doing today, and and about my, my role with all these smart people around me, uh, is that we're we're creating things that that didn't exist before. Uh, we 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 create a model, we create a number or a metric, and we look at it and say, what do you call this? This didn't. No one has done this before. No one has generated this metric before. No one has shown that this metric is related to outcome X. What do you call it? And and every time that uh, dilemma or that question is proposed, I, we did something really cool here. We created something that has no name that we get to name, uh, which is a very very satisfying part of of the job that that we do. Specific to question, what's important, what's not important? Obviously, we we let the data tell us most of that data tell you what is really impacting somebody what's impacting company what's what's specific about an industry versus another um, what's specific about a location versus another or what are about a certain category of, of roles versus the other um, so data tell us a lot you just have to listen to it and learn to you know where to look um, and and obviously that leads to all the other issues about do you have enough data how accurate the data how recent the data is, and is it really you know, applicable to the future and uh, and all the ethical issues that goes into into dealing with that but um, uh, if we listen enough to the data, I think the answer is, is right there
0: that's that's really interesting so so it sounds to me you've, you've got a you've got a business that puts out predictions basically but it, but it sounds to me like you're building a body of knowledge and insight, that would be a phenomenal way to train recruiters to better understand, make better judgments about the people that they encounter in their work. Um, Have have you thought about um, sort of codifying the overall body of knowledge that you're creating and using it to do things besides produce predictions? Absolutely. And,
1: you know, one of the things that we're challenged by today is we have this, you know, amazing set of data and science that, that's improving every day, right? it's uh, You're never done when you are in a business like ours. Um, but the, uh, the challenge that we have is, okay, how do we, number one, package this in a way that's really usable for a recruiter or a sourcer or an HR manager uh, or a succession planning expert? Or to a workforce analytics expert who is busy, who does not have time to be, you know, a scientist, does not have time to read a five-page report or understand a very uh, difficult VLS graph. How can we make those actionable? How we can make them land in front of them at the right time to say, "Just go do this," um, and and have them trust what we're producing. So the, the, there is that. The, the other part. We're, we're actually in the process of putting together a um, what we'll loosely call a certification program uh, that will help educate recruiters um, and HR professionals about the idea of understanding the circumstances and the envir- environment that your candidate is at today before you reach out to them and how to leverage that, what to say, how to increase the likelihood they're going to, and and I'll optimally, how to use all of that to really identify if this candidate is a good candidate for you or your your company to go after or not. Um, so we're we're working on this. We have you know, some very smart people which are helping us um, uh, make that into, uh, as you call it, a body of knowledge, translate that to more um, of, um, uh, classes or certifications uh, that people can, can participate in.
0: That's awesome. So So you're in Charleston, South Carolina, which has a a small tech hub in it, but, but you're, you're talking about the uh, people who are pretty high powered thinkers and data scientists and modelers. How do you compete for talent? <laughs> we, we have a recruiting software. <laughs>
1: no, it's um, so it's a great question. And I, most of the talents that have, um, you know the skills and the abilities to work on on what we do today are are in very high demand, as as we all know. Um, and uh, you know the um, uh, unemployment in the specific segment of professions we need is close to zero today. Um, you know, I, I tell you what: there is there is there's obviously all the monetary values that you can throw at at a candidate. But everyone can do that. That's a good, easy um, part of the dilemma. Uh, I think what professionals, whether they are development talents, research talents, uh, or, or even sales talent and marketing talent, that are also the good ones, are in on very high demand right now. What, what, what they need is something to truly believe in, to truly understand what your second bottom line is there is the financial bottom line, but there is the second bottom line. What are you doing for for the goodness of mankind or for delivering to a fellow human? Um, And at the core of what we do, we are uncovering misalignment before even the person knows that they, they ought to be looking for a job and then helping them or helping recruiters find them and hopefully connect them with a role that they are better aligned with. Higher, better job satisfaction, higher productivity. The economy as a whole uh, rises, and and there is there is maybe other than you know helping somebody with personal health issues. There is nothing more satisfaction, satisfac- satisfa- satisfying than um, helping them with being satisfied in their role uh, in the job and 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 being productive. Uh, so that mission. It speaks to people. Uh, there is just no no other or no better way to attract talent and retain them than believing that second bottom line, which uh, we we have a, a pretty uh, a pretty hefty goal, and, and everyone believes in it.
0: So so it also sounds like you're you're in in the middle of all that. You're building a sort of a model of of what how a company. Interacts with its environment. I guess that's what I'd say. You you, you have this um, um, view that there's the company, there's the individual, and that then the there's the alignment between the individual and the company, and that that can be understood as the consequence of environmental um, events and conditions. Um, have, have you thought about um, uh, selling that? Complicated and interesting insight to companies rather than to recruiters, so sort of a, a a strategic situation assessment that's oh you're you're encountering this, you should be experiencing that absolutely. we have not done that just yet, and we are exploring
1: it very carefully for for a number of reasons the The whole idea of identifying. Flight you know, risk employees, or identifying a specific individual that may be more likely to move or uh, not satisfied um, or not engage in, in your own company. Um, that has a lot of implications that I don't believe that we as a society fully understand just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, p- putting that data point in a manager's hand require a lot of training and, and a lot of work to make sure that it's being, it's being used correctly. Uh, if I tell you, you know, Joe here has double the likelihood of leaving your company in the next 30 to 60 days than the person next, sitting next to them. Uh, what do you do with that piece of information Is is very critical. And they do not believe that we have the maturity level in most situations to know what to do with that just yet. I, I do not have it. I know I don't. Uh, and we look at this every day, right? I mean, we, we openly talk, talk about this in the office. We know that, um, you know, employee UX, that we put our, all of our data in front of each other and say, right, based on our data, your tenure in this role um, should be coming to conclusion here in the next six months. And we have to do Holy something crap. about that. You,
0: you, you do that as a matter of course in operations in the business. It's um, you know we can not do it. Wow! Cars, wow! That's, that that that, like that simultaneously makes me smile and, and makes me go, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure I want all my cards on the table that way. That's what an <laughs> interesting a, experiment. What an interesting experiment.
1: Yeah, and it, it's a probability, right? So you look at. Hampton in sales, who's doing SDR work today and based on everything going about you, about us, about the environment that we're in, about people who hold this role, um, we have 66% likelihood that you're not going to be in this role in X day, in X days. And And what do you do with that? Again, here, all right, Hampton, let's work on what's next and how can we get you there? Um, And also, you know, how can we make sure we have the pipeline to backfill you? And because if you don't do that, then Hampton is going to be looking elsewhere and recruiters will be using data like what we produce to target Hampton. Um, So it's it's empowering, uh, but also at the same time, we you know put it's not for everyone, and we we don't believe that um, that it is ready to be sold and uh, to be used internally in a uh, um, in, in, in mass anyway uh, but some thinking around doing it at divi- a at divisional level or at a location or at uh, a specific part of a company at an aggregate level. That is an interesting um, and and potentially attractive proposition. So, um, we're definitely going to explore some of that.
0: I am I am really struck by this idea that you are trying to that you're using yourselves as the laboratory in which you test uh, the implications of the information. That's that's um, uh, pretty extraordinary, really. You know, the the idea that data have consequence is is not really very well understood and so to, so to create a work environment where where the actual facts of the work environment are part of the conversation about the work environment um is that's a, that's an astonishing thing that you're doing congratulations for doing that i i'd love to stay up on what you're learning from that process yeah absolutely i mean it's uh we We, as an industry, always had the the
1: transparency and what is is okay to talk about versus not as as something that we struggled with generally um you know compensation issues, for example um some companies are a lot more comfortable with um sharing the information across people some companies are not um, things like what we're working on here is the same thing as well how much of that is is productive to share and to uh, discuss in a in a transparent way versus not. And and the, the line, uh, there, there is no right or wrong answer. Um, it's a very fine line between it becoming more of a distraction than it is a, a productive discussion and something to look forward to. Um, but I'd say that if you don't have that discussion with your people, they are having it with someone else. And that, Better not be your competitor next door.
0: That's really, really interesting. So this is a good segue. What do you think the, the major ethical issues are in your work? Ooh,
1: <laughs>
0: at the macro level, the
1: using AI in HR, managerial recruiting, um, in that arena as a whole um, has has interesting ethical issues, and then we can go down to our specific work and uh, you know, there there may be four big four issues that we come across um, again and again that we are all struggling with but the, the first obviously is bias right? we are we are humans and we are to a certain extent programming those models to so how can we make sure that our bias doesn't get translated into models that are going to propagate and live gonna forever so that Maybe is the, the number one uh, ethical issue that we have we have to deal with. With um, the second is, uh, is privacy, right? And we had a lot over the past few months here. There was lots of discussions, obviously, with the, with the Facebook issues and others, uh, GDPR in Europe, uh, on um, what what is okay to share, what is okay not to share, what is okay to collect, how to use this data. What permission do you need? And and I I believe this is going to be an ongoing discussion here for the next five years. This is not this is the beginning of the discussion, not uh, GDPR or anything that will happen in the US. It's not going to be the end of the discussion. This is just the beginning of it, bringing it front and center. The third, which is um, which is an interesting one, is the the validity and the accuracy of the models themselves. Um, There is no there is no machine. That can take in all the universal laws, all all the universal data points, and um, predict in every situation what's going to happen next. Um, models are as good as the data you feed them, as the data that you're able to collect and measure and and quantify, and to you know use historical outcome to predict future. Uh, so, what are we missing? A specific um, uh, data point, or are we are we not predicting what we ought to be predicting? All, those are always, uh, you know, not just an uh, ethical but a, a science issue, obviously, that you deal with every day. So I would say that those maybe are the top three um, that we we um, we at least discuss uh, as as groups when, whenever it's appropriate.
0: Those are those are tough things, and, and the world is changing pretty quickly. I mean, if 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 it's possible to know from basically external data um, how my alignment with my company is doing, um, it, it it gets hard to to continue to pretend that there's privacy involved in that. That's a, that's a very tricky space because as you start to be able to understand what the data is telling you, I may feel like I've been intruded upon, but, but I'm just receiving the impact of the data that's readily available. Out there. That's a, a, a terribly tricky environment in which to build a business.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, some days it's uh, it's exhilarating and and challenging and keeps you up at night in a good way. And and some other days it's it's challenging in a different way. Um, But being I mean, again, this is uh, we as a society, as as humans in general, we are just embarking on this journey. And there are lots of lots of um, views and lots to be learned still. Um, about AI, the impact of AI, the impact of data, the impact of of machines, um, and how they're going to change our lives, or and a generation or two after us, um, we are just just scratching the surface on this. So uh, it's um, it's uh, the only solution for for this is to again, bring it front and center, have it, and uh, something that we're discussing every day. That we're not trying to uh, to say that we have answers for it just yet.
0: That's fantastic. Well, we have blown through our allotted time this morning. It's been a great conversation. Is there anything you want the um, listener to take away from our conversation?
1: Uh, you know, we'd love to uh, to hear
0: from you all about uh, how
1: you're approaching recruiting, how you're approaching retention, uh, whether you think what we're doing uh, can help you or not, or um, how how we can improve it. Uh, you can find us uh, at EngageTalent.com. That's one word: Engage Talent. And uh, my personal email is dot Hannah at EngageTalent.com. dot com. And you uh, know, happy to. Uh, to partake in any discussions and debate, and,
0: and would learn from every one of those. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do this, Joe. It's been a great conversation. I always love catching up with you. Thank you, John. I appreciate having me. Yep. You've been listening to HR Examiners Executive Conversations. Today, we've been talking with Johanna, who is the founder and CEO of Engaged Talent and a world class sailor out of Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina. Um, I also want to take a moment to tell you about our masterclass, which we're teaching in Princeton on June 29th, Uh, take a look at the hrexaminer.com page and you can find the details about a course that'll give you a clear insight into the structure and content of the human capital market. Thanks. You've been listening to HR Examiner Conversations. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye now.